Listen up, bowlers. Are you looking to gain the mental edge over your competition? Do you ever need that extra burst of all-natural energy during league play? MindFrame is the first all-natural supplement packed with vitamins and all-natural ingredients to keep bowlers at the top of their game. Supports muscle recovery and joint support for the day after that long tournament. You cannot continue to neglect your most important tool, your body, if you want to win. Experience the striking power of MindFrame. Visit S3Direct.com. That's S3Direct.com. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. is Brian Brazo. Brian's team is currently sitting atop the leaderboard of the USBC Open, which is going on in Reno with a 34-39 series. Uh, Brian, thank you first off for taking some time to join us. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar here. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Good morning, Brian. Uh, Joey here. And uh, I'll start things off with uh, basically uh, a quote from Jeff Riggles I had heard just a few days ago uh, calling you one of the best, if not the best, bowler in the nation without an ABC Eagle. Uh, you've had many close calls at, at Nationals, uh, many second-place finishes. You've left with the lead uh, at the tournament a number of times. Do you want to talk about some of these close calls you've had? Well, I thank Jeff for the compliment. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, we've, you know, we've, with the team all events lead and the last time we bowled in baton rouge we had the team lead and got beat like in the last two weeks of the tournament so so yes we've had some good accomplishments there and you know but we've come up short um well a couple of our team members won the doubles a few years back and uh and that so you know we we enjoy each other we have a good time we're our teammates we're all compatible so, you know, we kind of look forward to bowling every year. Hopefully one year, maybe this year, you know, we can finish the deal. Uh, and speaking of teammates, uh, you have some new team members this year on your team. Uh, do you want to give us a little insight into the, them? Well, we just have one. Rich Abood from Omaha, Nebraska joined our team. Scott Paul went uh, to bowl with some other buddies of him, and we wish certainly wish him some good luck when he bowls later on. Um, this year and uh well dennis rakoskis and i have bowled you know some national stops and dennis roomed with rich a little bit and when we decided that you know we were we obviously needed a new fifth bowler that uh he was really kind of on the top of our list so and uh and obviously it worked out well uh we we enjoy each other's company i haven't seen rich in a while but uh he hasn't changed much, and uh, and he bowled pretty good. So, Brian, take us back to before you guys bowled your team event. Did you guys have a game plan going in? Were you going to break the lanes down a specific way? Did you guys kind of go in with a preset plan? And then how did that plan play out once you actually got to your set of lanes? Well, from from what I have heard, what I have seen, I really didn't think there was really a need to break the lanes down, so we really didn't do that. Um, we all just tried to stay, you know, as close to in the same spot 
as we could. I mean, four of us throw it pretty much similar, and then we have John Sosha, <laughs> who hooks it, you know, as much as all the rest of us put together. But uh, even that and, the, and our team that we crossed with kind of just all stayed in the same place and, you know, just made our moves from there. Now, now you say you stayed in the same place. Does that mean near 5, 6, or 7 at the break point or 8, 9, 10? Or is that something you really don't want to share with us? Well, I don't know that it really matters that much this year. I think that um, I think what pair of lanes you get really is going to determine how you bowl. I mean, it's probably the easiest I've seen them since Wichita. And, I mean, we had people using, you name it, from every gamut of bowling ball, you know, on our team. Some of the other guys on our team had dull, we had shiny, you know, we had high pins, low pins. You know, I, I don't know if it matters you know, that much this year. Right. And, and how about surface, say, for yourself? Uh, I think a lot of bowlers can relate their physical games to your game in that you're a, a medium-high rev player, I would guess near 300, uh, medium speed. Uh, and from what I remember, uncanny accuracy and consistency, but but did, did you use, a, a say, a 500 or 1,000 dull surface or something a little smoother? I actually, I had an, a storm invasion, and I actually put step one on it right before we bowled, and that was plenty. I mean, we didn't, nobody used the really a dull ball. So, it, you know, we had a little bit of shine, nothing, you know, high gloss, but, but just a little bit of shine on the ball. Okay. I planned on using a duller ball, but when I got there and saw the way people were throwing and what they were using i had to change my game plan a little bit brian i guess the, the question i would have could you talk us through you said you guys have been bowling together and we went through and looked back at your previous scores and although you have not won an eagle some very respectable scores that most bowlers listening to the podcast would definitely take in a heartbeat uh, just talk about how you guys all kind of feed off of each other as a team and, and your thoughts on even that chemistry of keeping with the same team. For, for the most part, you guys had the, the same core of guys. Well, I think it does. Like I had said before, we all kind of throw it the same. We're all kind of the same age. We grew up, you know, Jace Peterson and I went to high school together. We've been, we just thought we've probably bowled 20 years together nationals now. And, yeah, like I said, you know, Dennis, I bowl with down here in Florida, and you know, I mean, we we even in the off season, we talk to each other a lot over the phone. Even though our whole team is kind of spread out all over the country, so we keep in touch, see what's going on with each other and stuff, and and that. So it just when we get together, it's you know, we just enjoy each other's company. We like the same things, you know. We even I'll sit down at the blackjack table for a little bit. <laughs> You know, just to relax a little bit. So, so we look forward to it. Um, we go watch. You know, the preview. We get there a few days early, like a lot of teams do. Went and watched. You know, some of the other bowlers see what they were doing. Uh, you know, obviously looking to see what type of equipment they're using. So, so basically, that's about it. So, Brian, you have left Reno and are now in Ocala, Florida, your hometown, where you run a pro shop. Two teams just bowled uh, recently, S&B Pro Shops 1 and 2. S&B Pro Shops 2 shot 32.58. 
SMB Pro Shop 1, 3103. Both, again, very respectable scores. Also coming up as we tape this show this evening will be the Browning Pontiac team, which is very talented as well. So you do still have some teams you have to get by. What are your thoughts? Do you believe that your 34-39 will hold up? Or do you think someone is going to break that 3,500 barrier? Well, I think it's out there. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. I, it, it probably will. I mean, like I said, I think the pairs have a big, big influence out there. Um, I mean, we started our singles and doubles, and we probably hit the pocket as much and you know, and had twice as many 10 pins in five frames of singles and doubles, or actually of doubles, than we had all night in single or in the team event the previous night. So, you know, yeah, I guess I read where that's the highest score that's been shot at team score at the stadium. But, you know, it's out there. It's out there. You know, I mean, there, whether it gets done, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'd sure like to win one once, but we'll see. Well, I mean, I think any bowler that knows your game, Brian, or and knows you as a person, knows it will happen eventually. It's just, I'm sure it kind of plays on you a little bit. When will it happen, right? I mean, being 54 years of age, uh, and I'm 57, I, I have to look at our best years be, behind us, and it takes more work for us to be, you know, even a shadow of our previous selves. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, actually, I do. And if we're and if we lose, and it's it's going to be my fault. I really didn't bowl all that well compared to all the other guys. So that's been eating at me a little bit. But you know, I could have bowled better. And for some reason, it just was one of those days. I guess just like you know, an all-star pitcher going out and not having his stuff. I mean, it happens. But but you know, that'll kind of you know. I guess if we get beat, I won't. <laughs> By a lot, so you know, a little bit will really upset me. But, but that's the way it goes. You've been around the game long enough. You know that you know you're not always going to have your best stuff. And you know, and I, I, you know, Jace had been going through that the last couple of years, and he bowled extremely well. I was extremely proud of him. He, you know, he had been kind of struggling a little bit in the team events the couple of years, and and really bowled well. So yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, in fact, if we talk about Jace a little bit, he shot 747, I believe. And, uh, I mean, Jace bowls in our, our Monday Night Flat Earth Sport League, as does Sosha. Uh, bowling with Jace, I mean, Jace is a never-give-up kind of guy. In fact, from what I know of your whole team, that holds true for all the members. Uh, what did Jace do differently, do you think, that gave him better pin carry? I'm sure you all hit the pocket similarly amount-wise, but... Sometimes it's how the ball goes through the pins, which gives bowler A a strike and bowler B a, a 10 pin. Right. I, I think what happened is that I really think of the last couple of years he, he was pressing why, I don't know. But he was a little bit. You know, I, I think maybe that goes with that, you know, not have winning an eagle. And, you know, he got he started striking early, and I think that certainly loosens up your arm swing and that. and. And, I mean, he just had a tremendous look. And, you know, I mean, that's, he actually, after two games, wanted to change balls, but I wouldn't let him. So, <laughs> But uh, he bowled really well. So he's, he's been a great player for a long time. It, it was just good to see. So speaking of ball change, what did Jace want to change from and to what? Well, I think it was, when he got to the end of the second game, he was just looking to see – if you know that 
as the lanes broke down, if he needed to make a change that, you know, he knew exactly what to go to. And I just kind of suggested the fact that he just needs to move his feet at target left and that that ball reaction in his hand wasn't going to get any better no matter what he switched to. So he did and bowled a good last game. So, Right. So you guys made both parallel moves with feet and target as well as, say, two-to-one ratio moves? Yeah, I think, well, I think they got to be, I think they started out parallel and then ended up being more two-to-one moves at the end, at least for me, anyhow. So, Brian, you talk about the pairs playing a factor in where the scores you believe are going to be shot. Without telling us which pairs you were on, but which end of the house do you feel scores better as far as as the stadium? The low end by, by far. I mean, that's just a proven fact. The low end of the house scores much better than not saying that there's ever been any scores put up on the high end because actually on our squad, somebody, one of the teams hit 33, 70 and was bowling like up in the 60s. But probably for every one good score on the high end, there's probably 10 good scores on the low end. And, and speaking of, of the pair differences, uh, did you bowl any other pairs in different centers, such as the Bowler's Journal or the, the BTM tournament or the 1-2-3? Well, I actually bowled all of those, and actually I, I'm leading the single, the senior singles in the BTM, and Jason and I are leading the doubles in the senior doubles. So they're awful tough this year, both the Bowler's Journal ad and the BTM. Actually, Dennis went 40 clean at the BTM, so he was the first one to do that. So it looks to me as though you're going to be paying the IRS a good chunk next year, Brian. Well, yeah, if that stuff holds up, I, will. I guess I will be. Yeah, Brian, just uh, want to talk about that holding up status, because like we mentioned earlier, we have some of the big teams still yet to bowl out there. How much are you going to scoreboard watch? Because you said it's eating up inside of you, uh, kind of your performance. Are you going to be watching it? Are you going to be watching your phone for that message that there's a team that maybe has, you know, 2,400 going in or something or 2,300 going in? And are you going to start paying attention or are you just going to, when it happens, it happens, if it does happen? You know what? I've done that in the past and it doesn't do any good. So I made up my mind. I'm not, and I check the scores maybe once a week or something like that. If and when we get beat, somebody will call me, just like it's happened all the other times. So, uh, Brian, or do you think we could talk a little bit about uh, Jace Peterson's single performance? Now, he shoots 750 in team. He shoots a small 700 in doubles. I'm sure in the back of his mind, as well as his teammates, you know, team or individual all-events title is within reach. And then Jay shoots a, a low 500, and... And Jace is a quality bowler. Uh, he's a shot maker. He's, in my opinion, knows how to handle pressure situations. Uh, was the pair that spooky? I think it got that way as you started moving farther left, farther left. You know, it it just got. I wasn't on the same pair with him, although that was we flipped. So that was our singles, and that was actually our doubles pair, which. I didn't exactly light up either, but um, as a matter of fact, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. He thought maybe he should have taken a weaker ball and moved back to the right. I think he just ran out of room to the left. Yeah, and it's know, always easier little, to kind yeah, of look back and second guess and, and hopefully learn from it. But, uh, I mean, fourteen sixty after two sets, I mean, that doesn't happen too often anywhere. 
No, that's true. And and he was pretty disappointed at the end when we were done, you know, after. But, it, you know, that's the thing. Like I said before, that stuff happens. It, you know, it, it, those six games go by pretty quick. And, you know, it's not like a qualifying thing for a pro tournament or anything like that where you just need to get to a certain point. You want to get as you obviously need to get as much as you can, you know, just in those three games per event. So it, it doesn't give you a lot of time to think or make changes. You, I think you just kind of got to go with, you know, what you think is right. And then I guess just second guess yourself when you're done. Yeah, well, no doubt. Well, I'd like to personally congratulate you and hope I hope you guys hold up. And if there is any team that passes you up, it would be the Ron Volks team, which I am subbing on this year. <laughs> well, good luck to you. Good luck to all the other teams. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of good teams that are. I mean, we're, we still got a couple months of this left to go. So there's, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of good teams gone through already, and you know, didn't put that up, and then. You know, there's a lot of good teams to go. Brian Brazo, again, we want to thank you for joining us on the Above180.com podcast, taking some time to discuss your trip to Nationals. And right now you do sit atop the leaderboard at 34-39. And uh, best of luck and hoping that score continues and, and holds up, like Joey said, unless either his team or my team uh, would break it. But uh, um, anyways, Brian, again, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you soon again, all right? All right, thank you. Anytime, I appreciate you letting me on. Well, Joey, there you have it. One of the uh, newsmakers out at the USBC Open joining us, uh, Brian Brazeau. Like he talked, uh, still a lot of good teams still left to bowl. We still got two months of the tournament left, and uh, a lot of teams. I know, like like we said, he kind of dodged a bullet with two very solid, strong teams from Michigan bowling today, or bowling Thursday rather. Another strong team from Michigan bowling tonight. And and obviously our two strong teams go going in May along with Jeff Riggle's strong team, so uh, still got some work to do. But thirty four thirty nine uh, that's nothing to hang your hang your head in shame. No matter if you finish second or first or third. No, I mean three thousand even is nothing to hang your head in shame. And uh, I mean it's it's the national tournament. I mean the the best bowlers in the nation uh, show up and shoe up and and give it their best. And uh, you know kind of like Brian said. Tim, you know, it's a little bit to do with pairs because, and that's any house you bowl in any tournament. Uh, but but it's it's individuals making great shots and making spares, handling the pressures, reading transition, which I think is so important, uh, as well as communication among team members as the lanes change. You know, let your teammates know, you know, hey, that ball hooked a little early on me, and and I felt I threw it the same. Yeah, you bring up key points, and that's where it's really, I think, we've talked about this in the past a little bit. You look at the common thread of the teams that are doing well, that seem to always do well, and people, you'll see, complain about them. Why, you know, why is this team always up there? Well, you hit it right there. They communicate with each other. They're helping each other out. They constantly are talking, and so that they don't, their miss is a four pin, or the person makes a move off of your shot and doesn't leave the big four or doesn't leave a big split, where certain teams, you don't see that. Well, that's it, Tim. You know, you know, say I'm lead off and, and I leave a four pin and, and I threw it as good as I can throw it, it the way I wanted to throw it. And I tell you, and you're right behind me, I says, Timmy, you know, I think that ball read a little sooner. Uh, and then you kind of cheat your feet in a little bit and, and say trip a four instead of leaving a big four. And you're between strikes. That's 40 pins from that little bit of communication that we just saved our team in one shot. 
Exactly, or the the ball change. I mean, I'm sure, like like he was saying, how Jace was talking about switching balls, and Brian said, "No, you're not." Uh, we we got it, and that's something too. I think it comes with time, where you you establish that time and bowling with people where you're not afraid to say, "Hey, why?" You know, because when you're as bowlers, are sometimes strange creatures. And something will come in our head and we'll say, well, maybe this ball will work. And you need that person to say, no, nah, you're doing fine with this ball. Put that one away. Right. And, and you know, I don't know if Jace had, um, I'm sure he had near 500 after two games. Uh, I mean, you don't know if a, a different ball could give you a higher score, but the likelihood is not there. But, I mean, I've seen it happen before where a bowler shoots 260, 270, and then 180, and they threw the ball very, very well the last game where they needed to make a ball change, but how do you make a ball change when you've struck, say, all but three or four shots in two games? Joey, great stuff again, and I think we're going to leave it at that. We got uh, talking to Brian was just really insightful, and hopefully he added some some information that a lot of bowlers can, can use as they are still heading out to Reno. If you are still heading out to Reno or you, you're just getting back, make sure you shoot us your scores uh, above 180 at gmail.com as we're running running a nice little contest with the prizes to be determined. But let's just say the higher you score, the better prize you are going to get. And just shoot us your, your name with uh, the scores you bowled, and, and we'll take it from there. We're putting those all in, in a hopper, and it's going to be just a random drawing, so it doesn't, doesn't matter where you're listening from as long as you participated in the USBC Open. That's, that's great news there, Tim. And, uh, and again, we're going to have a, a few free balls to pass out, maybe some bags, uh, maybe some other items uh, such as apparel. And uh, it, it's just a, a win-win for, for both. I mean, we, we get to communicate with our listeners. Uh, they get to brag a little bit with their scores. Hopefully they're big. And, uh, and, and we can give something back to them as well. We do appreciate everyone listening. Exactly. You want to follow us on Facebook, you can like us at Taking Your Bowling Game to the Next Level. And also follow us on Twitter at uh, Above180 is our Twitter handle. So uh, for Tim Berg, Joey Sarar, good luck and good bowling.